Yo, what's up, everyone? This is Nick here, back with a brand new episode of Meet the Plebs. And today, I got my boy, Justifer. Justifer is one of my co-hosts on Bitcoin Kindergarten. I've gotten to know him pretty well over the past year or so. And I I he's been in line on my list on getting uh, on the show. So, yeah, Justifer, thank you for coming on. And um, how's it going? It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's going well. Yeah. Uh, I love an opportunity to talk to more Bitcoiners. It's always fun to talk with you on Bitcoin Kindergarten. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to have a talk with just you. <laughs> Let's go. Well, we're not going to be talking too much about about me this episode. This is more, uh, you know, all about you. So Let's just jump right into it. Um, what's your rabbit hole story and how did you find Bitcoin? Yeah, uh, so I I first attempted to buy Bitcoin from Mt. Gox in early 2015. And uh, my, my bank at the time rejected the transaction because it was going to Mt. Gox and Japan and whatnot. And I, I resolved to, instead of doing that, I just kind of gave up and and went to a bunch of faucet faucets and watched like countless hours of ads uh to walk away with essentially like a dollar's worth of bitcoin and so like naturally at that time i deposited that into like one of the many gambling websites and promptly lost just about all of it um and then uh my next interaction happened in 2017 in that run up and my my Reddit feed was just blown up by these Bollywood dancing gifts, it, which which I was uh, getting pretty frustrated with, and like almost filtered that out. Uh, but instead, I uh, I made possibly the best decision of my life to actually buy some Bitcoin, just a small fraction of one, and uh, and I've been holding on to that ever since. And uh, I had previously worked in a call center that provided information on class action lawsuits. And, and most of those lawsuits that I was providing information on uh, involved banks that were using practices that benefited the corporation and, and benefited the corporation at the expense of their customers. So uh, for example, a, a lot of the banks, um, they chose to reorganize their customers' transactions in highest highest to lowest dollar order. And in effect, that, that meant whenever a customer ran out of funds, the customers would get charged more overdraft fees than if the bank never reorganized their transactions. Um, and so like for, for most folks, that's like uh, overdraft fees, like $30, um, which is, that's a lot to charge someone with literally no money. And so, you know, long story short, like once I had actually bought Bitcoin I started listening to the internet of money as like Andreas Antonopoulos's book and the, the combination of concepts behind, behind Bitcoin just really resonated with me, uh, you know, between that disruptive power of technology and the humanitarian benefits um, that, that really come from Bitcoin being completely opt-in and, and immune to some of those policy decisions that maybe a bank or a corporation might make on behalf of its customers um, so I just saw that technology is being both massively disruptive and gives me a ton of hope for humanity uh, more than really anything else in the world. Yeah, that's 
that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> like reorganizing people's bank transactions just to screw them over with fees. Like that's, I, 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 I'm not surprised they do that, but that's not, I, I didn't think that they would be doing that. And it just makes you think it's like, we need to take, you know, like we need to hold these people responsible. Like, and we need like, fuck, what am I trying to say? <laughs> Now that people can self-custody their Bitcoin, it's like no one's going to give their money to the bank. It's like when we have to hold our money in the bank, they can get away with shit like this. But now the game has completely changed. And as more and more people opt out of banks and into Bitcoin and self-custody their keys, like this this is a dying fad. They're, they're never going to get away with this stuff again. It really blew my mind uh, just handling those those lawsuits because like what the banks were doing was not illegal, but uh, I viewed it as completely immoral. I mean, when you think about it, if you reorganize those transactions in highest to lowest dollar order, then people will zero out their bank accounts faster. Uh, and so you'll have more, more transactions that are eligible to, for the banks to charge an overdraft fee because they'll, they'll just get dinged more and more times um, so that's pretty messed up and, and that's certainly a decision that, you know, a corporation might make, um, and none of its customers are going to be voting on that policy decision. It's, it'll be just like, uh, you get a privacy policy update in your email saying, oh yeah, we decided to just remove all of the privileges that you, um, that you were enjoying before and now we're giving you this additional added service. Oh, also, um, all your location data is now exposed. And so we'll be using that to serve you ads, uh, which is something that you know, no, no person in their right mind would, would agree to. Like, I don't want to give you this data, and you're only going to be hurting me with it. So, I mean, I would, I would hope that... Uh, like before Bitcoin, I was hoping that, you know, politicians might step up and hold people accountable after the great financial crisis. But I've, I've yet to see um, some real forward thinking policy moves to, to actually uh, protect consumers uh, from things like that. And thankfully, we've got Bitcoin. So we don't have to wait on politicians to, to fix that problem. We can, we can just move forward and builds with this technology very well said that's uh, that's so crazy dude that 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 goes on um i want to go back to one of the other things you were talking about you're saying how you knew about mint gox in 2015 um like what like what what piqued your curiosity and wanted you to look into bitcoin and what were you thinking when you're like Oh my God! I gotta, I gotta send money to Japan to buy this magic internet money. Like, like, what was, what was your uh, thought process? I, I think it was. Uh, I, I really wish I remembered completely, like what the context was, uh, because you know I didn't think it was significant at that time. It was mainly just a curiosity, thinking, oh, there's internet money and you can gamble with it and do whatever you want with it. Like that seems cool. Maybe I should get some. And uh, because I just ran into that roadblock, and I, uh, with you know my bank denying the transaction, 
then I, I didn't really know the full magnitude of what I was missing out on. But, you know, granted, I probably would have, would have been one of the claimants in Mount Gox. So with, because I probably, I didn't have to go through that process of knowing, you know, why self-custodying your Bitcoin is so, so important. And I, I probably would have been, you know, one of the people suing Mt. Gox to say like, Hey, please give me my Bitcoin back. Um, I, I always think like if I would have known about Bitcoin back then and I would have had to wire money j- to Japan, I probably would have just dropped it straight away and moved on and, and just totally forgot about it. But um, moving on to one more thing you said, you were talking about how you uh, used faucets to obtain Bitcoin after that. Hmm. Like over the years, I've seen screenshots of faucets. Like I saw one faucet from so long ago when it was like, you got five Bitcoin per click. And then like, you know, as time goes on, you just, get, you just get less and less and less. And like right now, what I consider faucets are like the, the fold app, the, you spin the wheel and you can get Bitcoin back on your purchases and stuff. There's also the lolly app. You get like a hundred sats a day, you know, something like that. Like that seems like nothing compared to like, you know, what it is right now, but like in the future, that's going to be worth a lot of money. Like um, how, like how, I know this is kind of different from what we were talking about, but like when it comes to like companies and stuff and like people like really using these faucets, like they can collect a lot of Bitcoin. Like even though right now it's like, you know, we say, Oh, it's like not worth that much. It's only like a hundred sats a day. But like when we're at dollar sat parity, that's a lot of money. That's that's true. Uh, I, I think we've, we've still got a long ways to grow before we're at dollar sat parity. What, what, what sticks out to me is that there's, there's way less friction uh, to get involved in Bitcoin compared to when, when I first, you know, made it, made an attempt to buy Bitcoin because uh, like there's tons of rewards programs. I can go on cash app, which is like a super commonplace app and really easy to use. Um, I've got fold rewards, which I'm really enjoying. You know, all my friends are enjoying spinning the wheel on, on my behalf. And then, uh, things like LNTX bot in, in telegram, like I can just, I can just send people sats like, Oh, like you've got a funny gif. That's fantastic. And I'll tip you a little bit and you don't even have to know anything about Bitcoin in order to receive funds from me. Uh, so like, yeah, just way less friction. So it's really easy to participate in the Bitcoin ecosystem, whether it is, uh, you know, offering services, uh, making donations, or just, you know, becoming uh, meme warriors or meme lords. A hundred percent, dude. Um, it's it's life-changing stuff. And that's kind of a leeway into my next question is like, has your life changed in any way since getting into Bitcoin? And if so, how? Totally. Um, I think Bitcoin has, has made me far more frugal, uh, much less political, way more privacy conscious, uh, more technology focused, and, and way more obnoxious. If you somehow still don't own Bitcoin, um, 
And uh, let's see when I like first, when I was first going down the rabbit hole, um, one, one phrase that came to mind uh, early on was, was this idea that never before has greed tempted me to live a very simple life. And as soon as I said that in a Bitcoin chat, another Bitcoiner responded with a bright orange image with my, you know, freshly quoted words strewn across it. Um, it, it was, it was true then. And it's still true today where, you know, I feel inclined to just like get rid of all my possessions because all these consumer things are just depreciating assets in Bitcoin terms. Um, everything is going to zero in, in Bitcoin terms. And, and I feel like, uh, like mainstream environmentalists have somehow been missing uh, just how positively the earth could benefit from, you know, converting consumers into long-term savers and hodlers. Uh, so uh, that, that it has, you know, massively changed my life. Um, I, I know you and I both have, have uh, gotten rid of cars or, you know, sold them just to buy more Bitcoin or made decisions where, you know, we're going to like take, take what might otherwise be a waste product and, uh, and make, make good use of that just because it's way cheaper to do that. And I can, I can save, I can save money uh, by, by using, you know, an, an old junker vehicle in, or, or walking places or biking uh, just so we can, we can save more for the future. Yeah. I, I really wish the office I work at was closer to the place I live at because if it was, I would sell my car. I, <laughs> I've been through some, some shit with my car and, um, my, my, my hoopty, I've driven it. I'm going to drive it to the wheels fall off, but I really wish I didn't have to cross like this huge highway to get to where I have to work. <laughs> if I, if I didn't, if it was right down the road, I would just sell my car and I'd like skateboard to work every day and just buy Bitcoin. But, um, yeah, dude, uh, one of the things about like greed and Bitcoin is like, being greedy in Bitcoin is really good because one, it benefits you, you get richer, you get wealthier, mm-hmm. but two, it strengthens the network and it, in doing that, it strengthens the network for you and everyone else around. Like, you know, you run a node, you help protect the network and validate transactions. Let's say you want to run a miner, like you're helping the network um, mint new currency onto the blockchain and write transactions into the ledger. Like greed is properly incentivized in a Bitcoin system on a Bitcoin standard. Whereas on a fiat standard greed is it will be beneficial for you, but it's like immoral. Like a lot of the stuff that goes on in the fiat system, it's like it incentivizes cheating it incentivizes screwing other people over, blah, 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 blah. And um, it's the incentive structure under Bitcoin standard is just phenomenally different. And um, yeah, like Bitcoin kind of teaches you like, you don't have to be like this insane, you know, consumer. You don't have to go buy a bunch of stupid stuff you don't need to impress a bunch of uh, stupid people you don't like. You can just live a nice, simple life, be greedy and get rich from it get rich from it ethically as well 
I, I love it because like anything that I do out of greed, uh, when it comes to Bitcoin, it actually have, has like positive network effects. Uh, just the fact that I save in Bitcoin means that anyone that also saves in Bitcoin, their, uh, the value of their savings will go up. They'll, uh, enjoy higher purchasing power because, you know, me and all my friends are, are greedy as, as heck and and we want all the Bitcoin we can get our hands on. So the value of your savings will increase as long as there are greedy people that are in Bitcoin. Uh, and in, in addition, kind of tapping onto, you know, what you're talking about with just running a node, like, yeah, I want the infrastructure for this asset that I purchased uh, to be even more useful. And so like, I'm gonna be running a, a Lightning Network node and I'm going to be uh, providing liquidity, and I'm I'm doing that out of self-interest, like because I know I can I can create a an on-chain transaction, you know, right now today, and I can do that cheaper than I will be able to in the future as you know the block space becomes more competitive, and so I can charge uh, Lightning Network routing fees in order to pay for that on-chain transaction that I'm making now. And, and so hopefully that, that channel will, will just pay for itself and I'll, I'll just be making investments, which will reduce friction for people in the future, uh, to also participate in this ecosystem, which also means that the value of my savings will go up over time as I make it easier and easier for people to participate in this completely open network. Mm -hmm. And then tying into that, it's like, if we're going to put our entire life savings into this or the majority of it, and we really believe in a Bitcoin standard, it's like, we're going to be greedy. We're going to want to, you know, progress this stuff to the fullest, not only for ourselves, but for other people as well. You know, we're going to run a node, protect the network. Um, you're going to use a lightning node for, you know, everything you just said, but plus like, when on-chain fees get, you know, pretty high later, this bull run, you're not going to want to, you know, deal with all that. You're just going to want to go to Lightning full-time and just, you know, move around second-layer networks so um, you can avoid the high fees of the main chain. And, uh, yeah, I think greed is something extremely good in Bitcoin. Um, but moving on to my next question is, and I, I think I already know the answer to this, but what is the dopest thing about Bitcoin, in your opinion? I might take this in a direction you didn't expect, <laughs> but uh, I, I think the most amazing thing about Bitcoin is that it inspires innovation. So like while, while Bitcoin seems intimidating at first, the fact that it is so resistant to change uh, makes it a, a really nice platform to build on. So, so builders like don't have to keep up on all the latest developments or, or worry about, you know, the next president removing your favorite feature or uh, the next CEO deciding to change the policies uh, because, you know, Bitcoin will just stay true to its, true to its roots, um, you know, protecting decentralization, which, which makes it much easier to, to launch a successful business and to create uh, more specializing tools. I, it it just seems like impossible to find a place to to specialize outside of Bitcoin. 
because the, the world is just like in a constant state of flux, you know, between disasters, whether they be, you know, natural or, or political. And it, it makes it, it difficult to kind of find your niche. And so, so Bitcoin makes it easy to specialize. And I found, you know, I found my place in the lightning routing community, you know, where we're just trying out the latest tools and gathering feedback to, to make a really smooth user experience for folks on lightning. Yeah. So when, when you get into Bitcoin, I feel like once you start to like get like a pretty good grasp on it, like I know it happened with me, I know having with a lot of other people, but like, do you just feel this like feeling of like, man, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta like create value. I gotta build something. I gotta like get involved in the space somehow. And I know you just said, um, you know, you have done that with your lightning stuff, but uh, can you, can you dive a little bit more into that? And like what inspired you to build like lightning uh, products and like really dive into that and uh, what you're looking forward to in the future with that? Yeah. So uh, like, as I was getting involved in, in lightning and experimenting a little bit with routing um, I just saw this immense potential that it has and i the lightning like community wasn't that big and it it was definitely more like developer focused uh so so i started satbase.org um just like really as a personal blog but then i realized like oh like other people might benefit from you know these realizations that i'm coming to about like how to manage liquid and and run your routing node in a sustainable way uh so and i i've turned you know satbase.org into a a paid website so i have a a small you know lightning paywall plugin into wordpress and so like without any coding i've essentially you know turned a website into you know a very small revenue model but but it's you know, it's become a, a regularly used resource by people, especially ones that uh, realized how important, you know, batching channel opens is. And so that's my most expensive article on there. I like individually price them. Uh, but the benefit that you would get from, from the information in that article, uh, like you'll, you'll save at least that much um, just by doing a batch channel open. So I've, I've really tried to price things uh, in such a way that the people will benefit more uh, just by, by paying to read that article than if they, you know, didn't, didn't read it. Uh, so, so that's like my way of, um, you know, contributing value and uh, hoping to, to make people's transition to lightning a little bit better and also just reward reward the people that are, you know, making the path, uh, the path into Bitcoin and into lightning a little bit easier. So, you know, similarly, I I want to reward the people that have helped me on my journey, you know, whether it be buying books or, uh, or sponsoring, uh, different folks on like Patreon or, or any of that just to continue the Bitcoin education, because I mean, it, it's a deep rabbit hole and, those, those people early on to, to help you understand this technology are really important to the community. That's awesome. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was like, 
I I forgot which which exchange or company did this, but they released a product where they made it super easy for let's say podcasters to be paid and tipped via lightning i know we have something set up with bitcoin kindergarten i'm not sure if it's the same thing and uh like we can get tipped via lightning during the show and it's super easy super simple super seamless and the way i'm seeing like i'm just in my head visualizing like all these different entrepreneurial um opportunities arising and like people now having the ability to create income directly from Bitcoin and the Lightning Network. Um, how crucial do you think stuff like that is going to be? And um, have you seen anything else like in the works of um, anything in related to that? Like, I think people are going to like, this is going to create brand new jobs. You know, people are going to be able to like, let's say follow their passions and not get like a normal nine to five job, they'll be able to monetize, you know, whatever skill they have or um, entertainment they do or, you know, whatever. I think micropayments, uh, especially, you know, with, with lightning are going to be, you know, so, so important. Um, like on, on one hand, just like just the user experience of, of actually, uh, you know, reading, a, a news article and and then you suddenly reach this paywall or whatever and you have to like create a create a special account for this one article and you just want to understand a little bit more than what the headline says and the fact that you have to enter in all this information makes it the most painful user experience whereas like I can open up something like strike or uh, telegram even and just like pay pay a lightning invoice. Um, like just right there and the rest of the article is revealed to me like okay that's a that's a much easier experience that involves you know less unnecessary data collection and uh and also like on the on the flip side of things it uh as far as like revenue models like you can just start a business so much easier just because it, it lowers that barrier of entry um so like anyone that is like creating art or is willing to uh, look at an ad or wants to, you know, uh, just provide any service whatsoever, it's so easy to get paid in Lightning. Um, so like at the, at the local uh, bar that's like close to my house, I've gotten nearly all of the staff to accept Bitcoin at this point. And so I can do that, you know, it's like under the table, but here, like they're providing a good service to me that, that I appreciate. So uh, like they now get to receive Bitcoin and have meaningful savings for the future because that the money that they save in Bitcoin is not going to be uh, devalued because of this massive and inflationary environment that we're that we're operating in that that is a perfect leeway into my second to last question is so right now bitcoin in my opinion is going through its store value phase uh the world has a store value crisis money is figuring out in the free market uh where to go and right now it's all pouring into bitcoin i think over the next few years 
the uh, hundreds of trillions of dollars around the world are going to pour into Bitcoin. After that, Bitcoin has to move from a store of value to a means of exchange. Bitcoin will not scale on the main layer, which is totally fine. But do you think Lightning is the solution to the means of exchange? Uh, I don't want to say problem, but when we're ready to move on to that stage and use it as a means of exchange, do you think Lightning will be the tool or do you think it will be another second layer solution? I think there's going to be lots of solutions. And I think, you know, Lightning is probably the best positioned right now to take on that role. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there's other ways to explore things with either with side chains or, um, or using uh, somewhat custodial solutions, but, but lightning is what excites me the most because, you know, it is for the most part, non-custodial if, if you want to, to operate with it. And it's uh, it's, it's a really easy system and I don't have to really learn other protocols to, to be able to, functionally use lightning i mean we're already seeing that uh at bitcoin beach you know most of them are using lightning because i mean an actual on-chain payment is is just not feasible for day-to-day transactions and so you know lightning sort of acts like a like a sub ledger so it's just like another another ledger that is only kept between two people which which is just a foundation of of a new uh, layer of money. So I actually have one more question after that. So two more really, but um, I've heard different answers from a lot of people. I know a lot of people who work on lightning and use lightning uh, consider it final settlement, but do you consider lightning final settlement or like, yes, but no, just because like it hasn't reached the main chain yet, but it kind of is final settlement. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I'm I'm very comfortable considering it final settlement because uh, there is a signature, there's a signed transaction at either end of the channel, which is uh, ready for for settlement and for settlement immediately. Uh, so there's a. I think when you when you set up a, a lightning channel, there's a certain amount that is reserved to pay for a force close transaction, which is is called the the commit fee. So so that that part you know isn't moving around. Uh, it's not like a really usable portion of your lightning channel, uh, but that enables it so that if the two channel parties disagree, the the transaction. Uh, the closeout transaction, a force close, could be broadcast and confirmed within the next block, with a with a high degree of certainty. So it will be paying the next block fee times five, uh, just to make sure that it settles immediately. Uh, so that that gives me plenty of assurance that any any of those sub transactions um, in the Lightning Channel are effectively final because we've got the signed transaction and there's already a prepaid fee to make it confirm quickly. Perfect. Thank you. So now my official last question, and I want you to get as bullet as you want, but 
what is your price prediction for the end of this year, 2021, but also for when we're at the year 2030, so in nine years? All right. Well, um, admittedly, I'm a terrible trader, um, which is the primary reason that I only hodl Bitcoin. Um, but I'd guess that the end of 2021 will probably be in a, in a mania phase. And, and we'll see Bitcoin over $400,000. Uh, that's, that's my prediction near term. Let's go. And I think uh, end of 2030 uh, should, should see Bitcoin approaching the, the you know, $10 million level as that fiat experiment comes to an end. That is legit, literally like, <laughs> literally like two of my, like, I think you actually might have the same exact prediction as me. Like, I'm pretty sure I've said those exact same two numbers. I think they're just looking at the way that things are and you recognize how disruptive this technology is. Uh, I think us getting there is, is not out of the question. I would definitely be looking forward to that. But Justifer, thank you for coming on. That's that's all the questions I have for you today. Uh, before we sign off, is there any last words of wisdom or any shout outs or anything you'd like to do or any shows you'd like to do? Um, let's see. Uh, one, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and uh yeah, keep an eye out for for more uh, lightning programs. Uh, I'm working on one, uh, and we'll we'll wait for an official announcement. But uh, yeah, really looking forward to more tools being built on on lightning, and uh, I hope you'll really enjoy mine in the future. Um, that's all I'll say for now. But uh, thank you again and so much for having me. Let's go. Okay, so if you made it to the end of this video or this podcast, leave a like. Go follow Justifer. His link will, to his Twitter will be down in the description below, as well as the link to satbase.org, his website. So go go uh, check that out as well. Um, I will see you guys next week with a brand new guest. Peace. Like